0: Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in, listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Hold your Bibles up. say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess. My mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We're glad you're here. Welcome, all of you watching online. As I'm preaching, please engage, interact, tell us who you are, where you're from, trying to get a a read on what's going on around the world. Uh, You know, with all the news networks doing their thing, it's time for our network to do our thing. And uh, you know, what you listen to will be what gets in your heart. What gets in your heart will determine how you live, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and when you speak, you follow your words. So it's time to uh, get into that today. I'll be talking about the operation of God's Word in our lives. Growing up, I remember getting a, a new little New Testament in Sunday school as a kid, and of course it was written in king james and i couldn't even read just you know common english and uh, so you know you have that it's cute you carry it around a lot of people think that just by having this on your coffee table that it's doing some good well all it's doing is collecting dust one more thing to you to wipe wipe down right yeah and the bible's not like something that is is uh, uh, you know there for the sake of being a, a defender of our home It's a defender of our life and our heart, and it's no good until it gets in us. It's like you can have whatever beverage of your choice, but until you pick it up and drink it, you don't get the flavor of it. Same with the Bible; until you pick it up and read it or understand it, you don't get the flavor of it. But we don't read it to impress God. Uh, I used to, when I first got saved, you know, I I was I was really quite a mess, and uh, so I really never read the Bible or anything. And I about twenty-one years old. Uh, i got saved and and i was you know i didn't know anything you know i didn't know anything about the bible i never really read it i had a king james bible which i couldn't understand as i said so when i finally got connected to some people that told me why you read the bible wasn't to make god happy or impress god you know, have people i used to read the bible through twice a year that's how aggressive i got because i wanted to get it in me i wanted to learn it and I, i was desperate and uh I really began to understand the reason we read the Bible is for that very purpose, is to use the promises of God against the assault of the enemy. The devil would love for you to believe your best days are behind you and that there aren't any better ones. i got good news for you. As long as I'm breathing, I'm getting better and better. It's I'm going from glory to glory. And you say, well, you know, how do you know? Well, it's just as easy for me to say that as you say, well, it's just going to get worse and worse. And then you're sad and depressed. At least I'm happy. You know, you you get around people that are negative all the time. You ever been around those people? You know, they're sick and they give you an organ recital every time they get with you. Tell you every organ that's out of pitch. You know, I mean, it's just bad. And and I don't do negative well. I know I just don't do negative well, or I don't do drama well. I'm a happy person. And I want to be happy. I've been depressed to the point of getting on airplanes. And uh, when I was flying all over the world every week, I'd get on them and pray they'd crash, which was not fair to the other passengers. But I was in a bad place, and and I just you know I, I just had gotten spun out, and you know I'd let go of the grip of God's word that that was in me, and uh, once you do that and you begin to spiritually free fall, you realize the parachute that opens is is the word of God, and that's what brings you safely to your place. And uh, so if you turn your Bibles to John chapter one, uh, very interesting. Uh, In the Old Testament, which is the Old Covenant, prior to Christ, they sacrificed lambs without blemish in atonement, not in cleansing, but in atonement for their sin, acknowledging that they had sinned, but there really was no way to be forgiven prior to the Lamb of God, Christ's coming. But between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, Old Testament, and New Testament, there was what, what was called the intertestamental period where there was 400 years of silence. Now, if you read the Old Testament, you realize there were a lot of prophetic voices and that God was speaking, if you will, through man and women at that time and using them, people from Esther and Deborah to Jeremiah and Isaiah and but but there was a, four, can you imagine 400 years? There, was a, there were people that didn't even ever have this, this fresh word from God. And then all of a sudden, God begins to do what he said he would do in Genesis, that he would send one who would crush the head of the serpent, and the serpent would bruise his heel. And so this is the person of Christ. And after 400 years of silence, it says, In the beginning was the word, capital W, and which meant the divine expression of God was coming to earth. And it actually, in the Greek, it means to break silence. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. And so, the Word is critical to every one of our lives. People go to church. People serve. People go on church boards. They do all these things. But the reality is, it's not our works that make life better. It's His work through us that makes life wonderful. We can't do one good thing that makes God love us any more than He already does. God doesn't love you because you were good last week. If you went to the fair, He'll forgive you. My hatred for the fair continues. I apologize to all of you who love it. Personally, it's just nothing but deep-fried death. Anyway, so... (laughs) I know some of you are going to get mad at me. I'm just giving you an opportunity to not be offended. Great peace have those who love the law of God. Nothing shall offend them. That's what the Bible says. So I'm just exercising you today, working you out. So I talked last week about uh, just the introduction to this. This week I will get into the body of the message. Isaiah chapter fifty-five, eleven says, it. Is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper wherever I send it. Now, God is saying to Isaiah the prophet, This is what happens when my word is spoken. Can I say something here? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His promises that work then work now. And this is a prophetic word saying, wherever I send it, it prospers. There are times in your life that you find yourself in a natural situation that will require a supernatural response from God to address the natural crisis that you're in. Now, there are consequences to behavior. I used to know that because I got speeding tickets all the time. About three of you on me, too. The rest of y'all just lying. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, some of you say, well, I've never had a ticket in my life. Stay in more acres long enough and you'll get one. <laughs> Our resident police officer's not here today or I wouldn't have said that. Anyway, so, so what happens is, well, how do I exercise or use the word of God? I had not learned this. That, that, that when I went to church my whole life, I went to church to appease who I thought was an angry God. I really did. You know, people say, well, you know, God's going to strike you down. God doesn't strike anybody down. Our stupidity strikes us down. God is a good God. God is never punishing us... He set things in motion. He said, here's what you do to go with the flow, go with the motion. You know, you walk in willingness and obedience. You're kind. You're loving. You're full of grace. You're full of mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Where sin abounds, grace does more abound. You know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And that really right there is a task. Every neighborhood I've ever moved in, how many of you know, there is one neighbor that is just dumber than the rest. And it's usually my neighbor. My neighbor. I'm just telling you how this works for me. God is like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you to where you want to be and where I want you to be, so you're going to move next door to a knucklehead. Now, that's, I know that's a little fleshy and carnal right now, but I just believe in being real that we're all fighting some sort of battle. Now, fortunately, my neighbor may be watching today. You're a good neighbor. <laughs> you could be better. No, I'm just kidding. But, but the reality is that, that we're constantly finding ourselves in situations That we may not want to be in, but there are situations that offer us the opportunity to grow. Anytime you're being tested, not tempted, because God doesn't tempt anyone, but there are tests in our lives that we have to go through. And here's what I tell people. I said, if you know of a sin in your life that that is really hanging on to you, don't waste the sin that you're fighting. Do something productive to counter that and, and, and to come out of that. This is where the Word of God works in our lives. And so the very first thing I want to talk about, as I have told you last week, you've got the hiding word, the abiding word, the guiding word, and the deciding word. And these things will help you in your life. So today I want to talk about the hiding or the hidden word. That if you read the Bible, it's not how long you read the Bible, it's not how many chapters you read, it's not how many books you read. It's about finding those words that can sustain you in the midst of battle. Now, I have a manual that I put together A prayer guide for me to remember scripture that I need when I'm going through times of difficulty, when I'm not finding peace in my life, and I go to that scripture, Jehovah Shalom, he is my peace. He said, I will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on me because you trust in me. You say, why would you do that? Because this is what hiding the word in your heart. David said, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So when the word is resident in you and sin comes to oppose you, the light of God's word exposes the darkness that is coming your way. Please get this in you. we It doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean that we will probably not fail at times. But when you have the word hidden in your heart, it is there to preserve and protect. It is the greatest preservative and protection that you and I will ever have or ever experience. Now, Psalm 119 out of this this same scripture, out of the message. It says, how can a young person live a clean life? By carefully reading the map of your word. This is the message Bible. I'm single-minded in pursuit of you. Don't let me miss the road signs you've posted. I banked your promises in the vault of my heart so I won't send myself bankrupt. In other words, I'm not going to waste the wealth of wisdom that's available to me because of your word. And so we have to get this in us. And here's what you do, memorizing a scripture, memorizing the word of God. Now, I know what you're thinking because I'm the same way. I, I think, man, I cannot memorize stuff, but I can if I repetitively say it over and over and over again. Like people come up and say, how are you doing? I say, well, it's simple. I'm richly blessed, highly favored, empowered to prosper, walking divine health, going from victory to victory and glory to glory. But with you praying for me, I know I'm going to get better. feel like I'm at a golf tournament. <laughs> and we used to do this thing when we gave, which he's Jehovah Jireh, which in the Hebrew means he's our provider. And we, said, we used to say, as we bring our tithes and offerings unto the Lord, we're believing for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, bills decreased, blessing and increase. These are things that stick. I know you probably think he's a real sicko. It's beside the point. (laughs) The reality is that we talk ourselves into things, we dig a hole, and we talk ourselves into things that we know God's got red flags all along the way. Now, there are times that we wish God would... Show us what's before us. But the reality is, the reason God doesn't, well, why doesn't God tell me? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So when God says, I'm not going to show you, there is no spiritual GPS. There's no spiritual Siri. And, you know, I don't even know. Have you noticed Siri has, like, different voices, like British and Australian and all that? And that women use the male voice and men use the female voice? I'm going to start using the male voice. The female thing's killing me. Now, I know somebody say, well, say, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Susan's got this Australian guy. I'm like, what's up with that? <laughs> I'm trying to learn how to talk with that accent so she'll like me more. I mean, the Siri. theory, <laughs> you know, you're just having a conversation. you don't really need help. You just like the voice. Sick. So the hidden word, the hiding word. Putting God's Word in your heart. Now, every day, you can go to my Instagram or Facebook, Mark Anthony Crow. I used to hate that in first grade. Mark Anthony, where's Cleopatra? I was so embarrassed in first grade. I was so insecure, Mark Anthony and Cleopatra. Because back then, girls had cooties. When I got in high school, I wish they still did because you'd get in trouble. Anyway, so... But I hated that name, Mark Anthony but now I love it Mark Anthony Crow and that's Instagram Facebook you can you can get up every day and I have a scripture that I post I don't post a lot about me I don't do selfies because there's way too much photo photo editing necessary at my age to do that. I mean I went from looking like a basset hound to a Sharpay. I mean I'm telling you Gravity is not kind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, some of you at 30 right now, I'm looking good. Yeah, I can't wait to see you when you're 60 and I'm 100 going, now you're like us. But it's fun. You know, people say, well, you know, they're always talking about how you look or don't look and, you know, all the things. But, you know, you're wonderful. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're made in the image and likeness of God. You're the apple of his eye. And when you're having a bad day and you wake up and you say, man, I just don't look good, look in the mirror and go, hmm, God did not make a mistake. Yeah. People will say you're arrogant. No, I'm just quoting the word. I'm just telling you, when he made me, he threw away the mold. And I have proof of that because not one fingerprint in here is identical to anybody else's. He broke the mold, baby. You are uniquely, fearfully, and wonderfully made. And if you could just get up every day and quit looking and going, oh, God, what happened? First thing I tell my wife every morning, I said, you'll never be prettier all day long than you are right now. My hair. And I said, oh, honey, that hair is sexy. <laughs> now, I know you're probably not supposed to use that in church, but I just did, and I'm not sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just telling you, you've got to bring some romance back into your marriage, folks. Don't look up and look at each other and go, oh, my God. Gosh, there's green coming out of your mouth. <laughs> you got the fog of L.A. in our room here. Stop. Just carry a case of Tic Tacs and put them on the nightstand. You know. <laughs> Some of you say, "Well, now we're doing more than that." Get a keg of Listerine and put a pump. <laughs> Y'all are a tough crowd. But honestly, with everything in me, you are going to follow the words of your mouth. If you speak fear, doubt, and unbelief, you're going to live a life of fear, doubt, and unbelief. You say, but isn't it hypocritical for me to say what I don't feel? No, no, because all of us feel wrong ways. That's why we have the Word of God. The Word of God trumps how you feel. I lost some of you when I said Trump. Anyway, so I probably ought to use another word there. Overshadows how you feel. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know we have this wide audience of people who think they're right. I got news for you: they ain't a libertarian, Democrat, or Republican. It's right, bunch of knuckleheads. Anyway, so I said that out loud. I think I was supposed to just think it. Anyway, so here, here's the deal: we live in a world that's filled with hate. Of people are offended. You do this, you don't do that. You wear this, you don't wear that. You got jabbed, you didn't get jabbed. I mean, stop. Just love people. Quit judging people for what they do or don't do. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus does. If you're trying to tell somebody else how to live, you've missed it. You're not their judge. You're not their Holy Spirit. You're not their Jesus. If you don't like the way things are, why don't you change? Sting. No, somebody asked me when I went through everything, I would say, what, what did you learn? I, I learned this. I was trying to create the world in my image and my likeness, and that was not God's plan. I was trying to get other people to be like me, and I didn't realize that being like me really wasn't all that great. I mean, I'm awesome. But being like me may not be awesome because you're not being like you, and you need to be like you. Not like Mike. Remember? Anyway, that's probably, a, you know, I look pretty good for 85 you can judge me if you want to, but I'm going to tell you, there ain't an 85-year-old looking like this, huh? And Some of y'all believe that. I didn't say I was 85, did I? Okay. So, first thing, you have to understand, I cut my teeth ministering to teenagers and people. said, what's the difference in adults and teenagers? I said, I used to always have to make them laugh to sow the word in their heart. It was like putting their medicine in a Coca-Cola <laughs> or a Red Bull. <laughs> You notice i got two cans up here, and I think I've already finished one. <laughs> Scared some of you to death. Oh, my God, he's going to do a stage dive. Okay. Memorize the word. Memorize the word. So, you know, I don't know how we're going to make it. God said, I'll meet all your needs. According to my riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He said, Every need you have, I've already met it. You just haven't intersected with it yet. And so when when I say that, then you go, Well, well, how do I do that? Well you when you when you memorize the word, it's not just memorizing, it's it's memorizing it so you can live it and apply it. The Bible says the willing and obedient shall lead to good of the land, not the unwilling and the stupid. You see, people, for years, people said, would you pray for me? Well, you, know, you have people come up and say, my cholesterol is like 280. And I said, what did you have for supper last night? A bucket of KFC. Why would I pray for thee if you had KFC? <laughs> You're dumping cholesterol right in there, baby. It's like, oh, pray for me. <laughs> I mean, all I ever heard when I was growing up in church is don't drink, smoke, cuss, or chew, or date girls who do. (laughs) They never mentioned fried chicken, fried everything, deep-fried pickles, and deep-fried ice cream. You know, it's like, y'all that do that are really bad. Well, what about you, Gomer? (laughs) So, really, I kind of forgot where I was going with that. But anyway... um, The reality is that when we pray, we need to obey, and then we need to do what we need to do for the Word to work in us. So people say, well, you know, I I, want to change change my life. Well, then ask yourself, what's required of that? And then there's a word for that. You know, people are, are, are stressed out more than I've ever seen stress in my life. And, and the, the way I look at it is, you know, I, I, I go back to that, that scripture. He'll keep me in perfect peace. whose minds are stayed on him because we trust in him. That's where I keep my peace. It's not because I look at the world around me and everything that's going on, and I know it's chaos, and I get that. And I'm not removed from it. I'm not insensitive to it, but I'm not going to be controlled by it. And the only way we're not controlled by what's going on around the world is by keeping control of what's going on in our heart. And you do that by having the Word of God sown in your heart. So it's not about how many chapters and verses. Like I said, I read the Bible through twice a year, and that wasn't really what was important. What was important was getting those verses in my heart that would keep me on track with God. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. How many of you know forgiveness is really one of the toughest things we ever experience? But if you don't forgive, you'll live a miserable life. And the unforgiveness that you possess will not hurt the person that you're not forgiving. It will hurt you, the container of the unforgiveness. And you know what? When somebody does something to you or around you, it's not all about you. Sometimes you think they're doing it because of you. They're doing it because they're having a bad day. And you just happen to be in the line of fire. And if you can learn to say, you know what? It's all right. And smile. And that might irritate them in the beginning. But it will bless them once you continue to love them the way Jesus loves us. You notice that he didn't come into the world to change the world. He came into the world changed and said, you can change too. I can't change anybody, and you can't change me. And and what we have to do is we just have to learn that we are each our own responsibility. Now, please, I'm going to get in trouble here, but I'm going to go for it. Yeah, see, you're pulling this out of me. So here's the reality. I'm so exhausted as a Christian leader and a pastor. You know, I, I, I know I'm, I'm always going to make somebody mad. It, it's just, it's a gift. And, and the reality is, it, you know, everything that's going on in our world right now is kind of like this, and I think you'll get it. When you go to the beach, somebody says, please don't forget sunscreen so that the person next to you doesn't burn. <laughs> yep, that's what I thought. You see, if I get sunburned, it's my responsibility, not yours. I didn't say one thing about anything. You can assume what you want to assume. But the reality is this we're being sold a bill of goods, and the reality is my life is my responsibility. The end of my life is my responsibility. The outcome of my life is my responsibility. It is not yours. I think it's interesting that in 2021, we have had not had one case of flu or anybody dying from the flu. I think that's really interesting. There has been no heart disease in 2021. I don't know what's happened, but it's really awesome. Don't talk to me. Talk about me at lunch. <laughs> Folks, let me just tell you, there aren't going to be many pastors. Stand up and shoot straight. I'm going to shoot straight, and you can hate me for it if you want to. But here's, here's the harsh reality. Everything you listen to, about 98% of what you listen to is just wrong. Listen to me. It's just wrong. And, and, and we're going to have to stand up. You can just need to go home and watch Bug's Life. There are more ants than there are grasshoppers. But the ants have got to start mobilizing because <laughs> we got a bunch of grasshoppers. But there are more ants than grasshoppers. Listen to me. I try not to make light of things, but I'm going to laugh as long as I live. And if you don't like laughter, like the lady that came up to me, said, I'm leaving your church. There's just too much levity in here. I said, well, levitate on out, honey. (laughs) I just believe in a world that's filled with darkness, sadness, and bad news. You don't come to church for that. You come to hear good news, impartation of hope. And I know it lands on some of you, maybe a little, a little sideways. But the reality is, I love you. I love God. I love people. It's my life. And I'm, I'm going to encourage you. I'm going I'm to uh, unintentionally. I don't have any script for laughter in here. It just happens. Sometimes inappropriately. But anyway, I, I, my thing is, listen to me. I've got the Word of God in me. And, and the Bible says, laughter is good medicine. And there's not enough laughter in the world. We're, we're sad. We're fearful. You need to turn off Critical News Network. And the fox and the hound and all of them. You need to, you know, the, the, the thing is we listen to things and what you're listening to is getting in you. This is why the Bible is so important. You need to memorize the Word of God. The Bible says, you know, I'll be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Though my enemies come at me from one direction, they have to flee. in seven, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me will be refuted. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He who began a good work in me will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. These are things I live by. These are words that, that get, are ingrained in my head because I don't want to say what's being said out there. It may look like we're going down. There's a Goliath before you and and a big army behind him and a bunch of scaredy cats on your side, but all you do is have to step up. And David didn't go, you know, uh, I sure hope this turns out well. I think maybe here's what I might do, and I'll go out and negotiate with Goliath. He looked at him and said, today I will take your head off and feed it to the birds of the air. Hello, somebody. You know, a lot of people spend their whole life asking God to do things he's already promised he would do. (laughs) It's like, oh, please, God, please. No, no, he promised what he, he... said, call me into remembrance of my word. It's not that God's forgotten. He said, I want you to remember what my word says, and I want you to tell me what it says, and I want you to be Emphatic. It's not arrogant to declare what God has already written and, and canonized, and it's, it, that's not wrong. We have people afraid that they're going to say the wrong thing to God. God knows every cuss I mean, every word in your head. You say, "Well, I don't cuss. every one of you in your brain, if you've driven cars in Oklahoma where 90% of the people got their license at bankrupt Kmart. Me, mm, me. And some of you are going, how do you know I got mine there? <laughs> Memorize the word secondly. Meditate on it. Now, here's why. Listen, Listen, my favorite hymn of all time is is the what I'm about to read to you. And it was born out of tragedy. Every one of us will experience difficulty in life. Every one of us will lose people in life. And I, I hear people that have lost people and you know I lost both of my parents and, and it was devastating. My mom died during COVID. I had to do her funeral with ten people under a tent in a, in in the cemetery. We couldn't even get together, you know, they meant living at ten people. So so here's what we have to realize. Every one of us will experience difficulty and tragedy. And and the sad thing is a lot of people will live their life defined by the tragedy instead of the victory that's afforded you. And you'll spend your life talking about the tragedy like you're the only one. Listen to me. I'm not being insensitive. I'm just trying to keep it real. Everyone in here has either lost somebody or you will. Now, the way I see it is I can live my life in the past in mourning my mother and father who I love dearly, or I can live my life in joy and peace knowing that I will be reunited with them. Now, some of you say, well, yeah, but I'm not going to be reunited. With that said, you're going to go to glory, and you don't know where they are. I've done so many funerals in the last 35 years of people that have gone through so many different things. And many people and pastors would judge whether or not someone goes to heaven. Nobody can do that. You don't know a person's heart, neither do I. I've done funerals where they go. Well, I don't know. You know, one guy did a funeral for he got shot in a bar. Yeah, yes, yeah, i go, going. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and of course, everybody who, you know, Christians are the worst about saying, well, "Yeah, you deserve it." You know, I mean, have you ever been around me? I mean, there are mean Christians. There, there's some mean Christians, and I'm, I've met a lot of them because I'm not mean. And so I'm doing this guy's funeral. He got shot in a bar on the way to the hospital. The IMSA driver was driving, and the person in the back leads this guy to Jesus. So I go do a funeral. I'm going to tell you, if Christians congregated like heathen, churches would be full. I'm just telling you, heathens stick together, man. I mean, they do. It's just, just they're together, you know. Christians look and say, mm, I don't like what you're wearing today. Look at you. You got a holy jeans on. I wish I had more of my holy jeans today because I made, made some people mad. Somebody said, I can't believe you're wearing a holy jean. Well, I serve a holy God. Yeah. Therefore, I wear holy attire. And so I, I'm doing this funeral, and, and I, I knew the story. I didn't know this guy at all, but his, his aunt had asked me to do the funeral. I said, well, you know, he's in Tulsa. I drove up, and, I, and, I, and I, was just, I was just thanking God, you know, and everything. And all these bikers and the guys he hung out with were coming up and talking to me. And, but, you know, I, they just needed hope, you know. They needed, they needed to see Christianity to me at its finest and, and, and that, that God is love and God is grace and God is mercy. The only person I got a nasty letter from was a Baptist preacher. And this was when I was much younger and less renewed. (laughs) And I just thought, here we are. I'm celebrating. Because you know what? Most Christians are mad that people of the world get to go out and have fun, and then they get saved and die immediately. And they're just mad because they weren't out there. Now, listen, man, there's a price to be paid. I, I get that. But I'm just saying, why don't you celebrate anybody who gets born again no matter what time, when, where, and how. Celebrate. I mean, I'm proud of you for living a Christian life. But a Christian life's fun if you want it to be. I have fun. I'm, I'm saved to the bone. I mean, like, I'm re-saved. I got, I got layers of salvation all up in here. You try to peel one of them off, there's just another one right under that. I'm born again, 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 again. My favorite hymn, Horatio Spafford, successful Chicago lawyer, lost most of his wealth in the financial crisis of 1873. He sent his wife and four daughters on a trip to France, but on their way, their ship was struck by another ship, sank. "...and sank. Of 225 passengers, only 87 on that ship survived. Mrs. Spafford was among the survivors, but her four daughters perished. As soon as she reached land, she telegraphed her husband and and said this, "...saved alone, children lost. What shall I do?" Spafford left for France to join his wife and return her to Chicago. In the depth of this bereavement, he wrote his only hymn. He was not a psalmist, not a songwriter... It is well with my soul. Perhaps the words of the first stanza will take on a new meaning if you ponder it. Listen to this. When peace like a river attendeth my way. He said, in peaceful times. When sorrow like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. So whether you're going through hell or heaven, it doesn't matter. It is well with my soul. Greater is God in me than the devil in this world or anything that comes against me. Greater is God in me. I cannot and will not be defeated. And see, when when people say this, listen, I want you to be energized and charged today to believe that no matter what's going on in your life, around your life, or before you, That if you will put God's word and hide it in your heart, he will protect you and keep you and guide you and empower you. Religion will never do anything for man. It's our attempt to appease an almighty God. That's what religion is. Christianity and faith is God came to take care of us. And he did that. And now we have his word, his promises. And the challenge is, if you want to get to your promise, you have to stand up like Caleb did. Twelve spies go into the land. Ten of them come back and say, we're like grasshoppers in their their sight. Can you imagine God saying, 40 years, I've tried to get you all to your promise. And ten of you still don't believe and you're still confessing it cannot happen. And Caleb silenced the crowd. He didn't up; so he spoke up and said, surely we can do this. Against all odds. He saw exactly what they saw, but he believed something totally different. That if God brought us here, he can get us in there. Listen, we're going to have to stand up and not bow down and not bow our knee to a system. We bow our knee, one and only God. And I got good news for you, every one of you. No matter what's coming across the airwaves, I know how this ends. I know how it ends. And I'm going to tell you what, God will not be beat. He will not be defeated. We will not be defeated. Meditate on it, Psalm 1, 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates... Ponders, imagines, utters, and talks day and night. Meditate on it day and night. There are nights, I don't know if you've ever been awakened in the middle of the night, and just like this blanket of fear tries to come on you. You're thinking about your kid, or thinking about bankruptcy, or thinking about something. For me, I'm thinking about church, and how much money it takes to run this thing. Every now and then, the devil comes and says, what if? I'm asking Jesus for one minute with the devil before we go to heaven One then I'm going to have Brandon who put the podium up here beat the snot out of him and I'm going to stand there and clap <laughs> <laughs> always get the big guy you know what I'm saying <laughs> na, 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 na. so meditate on it and then listen this is the hard thing and this is where every now and then If you really have good friends, monitor it. Memorize it. Meditate on it. Monitor what you say. Every now and then, I I almost open my mouth, which here you have to give me some grace because I have to talk for a little while. But (laughs) sometimes you just need to shut up. You know what I'm saying? Just talk to yourself. Shut up, Mark. In the name of Jesus, shut up. It's going to be all right. That's what I I look and say, you know, with God, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. And sometimes that's just all you need to say. So well, how's it going to be all right? I have no idea, but I know God. And I've meditated on His word. He said He'd never leave me nor forsake me. He's going to be with me always. says he's at the right hand of God. Jesus is interceding for me, standing in the gap for me, and he uses my full name, Mark Anthony Crow. He does that just like your mama did when you got in trouble. Have you ever had your mom ever use your middle name? You knew it was going to be a bad moment. I don't know why they did that. I guess if you use your full name, it scares people. I want to get all your full names and start using them, and you'll wonder why. (laughs) Live this life to the full. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. Abundantly. But it's a choice. If you're saying, well, you know, you don't understand what I'm going through. You know what? Maybe you don't understand what I've been through. And Maybe I don't understand what you've been through. What you've been through is not what's important. You've been through it. Think about it that way. And you're still standing. So whatever you're facing, God is bigger than what you're facing. And if you'll use his word, you'll meditate on his word, you'll monitor your words, and you'll come into agreement with his word, it will bear fruit. I promise you. You don't want to miss next week. We're we're doing a welcome back, uh, October's welcome back month. You know, we had a setback. Now it's time for a comeback, so we're going to welcome back everyone who's been set back. And I tell you what, after 80,000-plus people in Norman and 80-some-thousand people in Stillwater and who knows how many thousands of people crawled out from underneath rocks to go to the fair... But I can't come to church because I might get Delta. Delta. Anyway, so (laughs) it's time to quit using excuses and get that thing back in here. Because let me tell you, something happens when you gather together with other people. There's an electricity, an energy, the Spirit of God. And I know that some of you can't be here because you're in other parts of the world or country or wherever. But there are those of you that, you know, you just got out of the habit. Time to get back in the habit, my friends. I've always wanted Jesus to come back on a Sunday morning. And just before he comes back, I want to put signs on the door saying, We gone. (laughs) I bet you won't miss church again. (laughs) Thought about just doing that on a Sunday, calling it off and just having signs. A rapture has occurred. See ya. (laughs) Peace out. (laughs) I think I've had too many Red Bulls. You know, folks... The world is looking for exactly what you and I have been looking for our whole lives and and have experiences, a joy that doesn't come because of a happening. It comes because of what's happened. We won 2,000 years ago when Christ rose from the dead. We became victors in that moment, And, and, and we need to live like victors. Sour, sad, angry, mean Christians don't reflect what's happened to us. What's happened to us is that we've been given salvation, we've been given liberty, we've been given freedom, we've been given love, we've been given eternity, we've been given all of these wonderful things. And when I see Christians who are downcast, please I'm not judging you because we all have moments, but listen to me consistently. Get up in the morning and go, today's going to be an awesome day. Every now and then, when I say that to some people, they, they know when they knew what I was going through, I, they look at me like you're crazy. I'm thinking, no. I'm not going to give in to my feelings. I'm going to give in to his word. He promised me what he would do, and he's doing it. And he's going to keep me joyful in his presence. So stay joyful. Smile. Talk to yourself. You can even answer yourself if you want to. You're not crazy. I'm my best conversationalist, and I am my best friend. I am my BFF. Think about it. You get to determine the outcome of your day, not somebody else. If somebody else is having a bad day, don't let it attach it to you. Don't let them attach it to you. Let's pray. God, you're awesome. We're so grateful for all that you are, all that you do, all that you will be to us and through us. God, I thank you for all these incredible people watching online, these incredible people in-house today. Lord, I thank you. That you said you would never leave us, nor would you ever forsake us. You'd be with us always, and that in your presence we would be filled with joy. God, I I thank you that the best days of our lives are ahead. Nothing will compare because we're getting closer and closer to you. We're going from glory to glory, victory to victory. We're experiencing life more abundantly because we have chosen to believe what you've said. Your word is true. Fill every life with your joy and peace today, God. May people who have never experienced peace right now feel it like a blanket, like a covering, God. May people who have never felt love feel your love right now. You're a good God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to ask all of you to pray this prayer with me. It's something we do every week. We never want to leave without giving people an opportunity to know Jesus. So pray this with me. Say, Father God, Thank you so much for sending your only Son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or to recommit your life, simply text the word "saved" to 40551310 it's on the screen 405-500 just text SAVED put your name it'd be great we'll be praying for you we love you it's the beginning of a new day for you okay hello this is Pastor Mark Crow I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online we hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30am and 11am or join us online God bless you.